0: Great British Manufacturing Podcast, brought to you by MTD, MFG and Jefferson. Hello and welcome to the Great British Manufacturing Podcast. On this week's podcast, we will discuss the positive British manufacturing news from the past seven days and introduce a guest, who this week is Edward Pig, MD of Axel Integrated Services. But before we start the podcast, I'd like to mention Factory Now. The Factory Now initiative has been set up and launched to help the British manufacturing sector boost sales, collaborate and reshore. New members are joining all the time and articles are being updated to the site every day. To view these profiles, please visit mtdmfg.com forward slash Factory Now. Stuart, how are we doing? We've got an action-packed podcast this week.
1: Certainly have and yeah, looking forward to it. The, uh, The heat wave seems a long time ago, Joe. I must admit it's raining where I am this morning.
0: Yeah, heat wave two days ago, and it's a uh, chicken down my rain. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of of the heat wave, I was actually at the um at the renowned Farnborough air show this week, and I know there's a it, it's been some time since the pandemic and the last Farnborough air show, but consequently, there's been a, a lot of aerospace related updates this week, so maybe we'll start there.
1: Absolutely. So, Typhoon jets are to be fitted with the world's most advanced radar, and this is part of the 2.35 billion pound investment program. Which will sustain more than 1,300 UK jobs at BAE, Leonardo, and Megat. Ultrafan demonstrated, and if you've seen the image of this, the largest jet engine in the world uh, is nearing completion at Rolls-Royce's Derby site. Once finished, the engine, which is set to run on 100% sustainable aviation fuel, will be tested at the aerospace manufacturer's new £90 million test bed facility later this year. Reaction engines, the RAF, Rolls-Royce again, and other project partners are set to enhance. British Defence Capabilities, and the established UK as a world leader in re- reusable hypersonic air systems with we'll the launch of a new hypersonic air vehicle experimental programme. And finally, designed and developed in the UK, Team Tempest's new flying co- combat air demonstrator is set to fly within five years. The Team Tem- Tempest Future Combat Air System programme comprising BAE, Rolls-Royce, MBDA, Leonardo and the MOD, is set to contribute more than 26 billion pounds to the UK's economy and support over 20,000 jobs.
0: Yeah, it's huge, isn't it? Yeah, and like I said, a lot of that I saw I saw at the show, including the um, including the uh, the model of the engine. Actually, I've got a, a photograph in front of it, and it makes me look particularly small, which is which is quite rare. But uh, yeah, move, moving on, it's um, we we got an update on the previously announced Gigafactory, haven't we? Um, what can you tell us about this?
1: Yeah. and there's also a new one. So the construction of Envision ASE, um, AESC's new £450 million gigafactory is underway in Sunderland. Scheduled to open in 2024, Nissan's battery partners' new facility will create and safeguard more, more than 1,000 jobs. And Johnson Matthew, they've announced plans to build a new £80 million hydrogen fuel cell manufacturing plant in the UK to meet the increasing global demand for hydrogen-powered cars, buses and trucks. This is expected to create hundreds of jobs. Um, and the Gigafactory, which is capable of producing three gigawatts of fuel cell components annually for hydrogen vehicles, will be built at the British firm's site in Royston in Hertfordshire.
0: Okay, Stuart, let's take a brief pause from this week's positive UK manufacturing news and introduce this week's special guest. It was Edward Pig, the MD of Axel Integrated Services. Ed, welcome to the podcast. Good morning. Right, before we uh, learn about the company, just a little bit about yourself, please, your current role and responsibilities. Okay, so uh,
2: I'm Managing Director of Axel Integrated uh, Services, Uh, we're a total waste management business, we've been established since about 2014, uh, operating across the whole of um, the UK. And uh, know a little bit about Axel, the company? Uh, So we are an integrated waste manager. What that means is that we allow our customers, uh, which in the main are manufacturers, uh, we do know high street, uh, leisure, hospitality or retail, it's just manufacturers, to focus on their core activity and we'll take care of of the waste. And in essence, we're trying to turn that waste into a resource.
0: Sure. And what what are the advantages of outsourcing your total waste management uh, for manufacturers?
2: So um the advantage for my customers is uh, again they can s- focus on their um, their core activities manufacturing a finished product and what we do for them is we take anything that's uh, finished in the economic cycle and has become waste and we extract value from that whether it's you know cardboard or ferrous non-ferrous metals and we'll either trade it on the market but at, at a minimum we'll'll we'll make sure it doesn't end up in, in uh, uh, in landfill, we're looking at the best overall environmental outcome for our customers.
1: Morning, Ed. Thanks for joining us. It's Stuart. Um, probably the best um, best way of illustrating what you do to our listeners is to talk about one or two case studies. I know that you work with an, a number of illustri- illustrious uh, manufacturers, including the likes of LEVC, at Anstey Park and Whirlpool. So, can you please explain the services you pro- provide to them and, and why they chose Axil? Uh,
2: yeah. So. Um, it, perhaps before I answer that, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about why uh, those two, um, those two in particular, are quite good uh, examples. So the, the big challenge whenever you're, um, you know, trying to identify um, a waste partner is is going through the procurement process. And procurement is quite a dry subject. They're trying to get the maximum amount the service for the minimum cost. But when you're looking at delivering a service like um, like ours, it's very difficult for traditional procurement to work. Um, and both Whirlpool and um, LEVC were very progressive in the way they work with their on site operational teams um, and their procurement teams to look at partners who could really help them with their objectives. And their objectives were improving their environmental performance. Um, but in essence, what we do for these guys is we, um, uh, we take over uh, when they have no need for manufacturing materials, effectively, waste. Um, but rather it being thrown away or going to the waste industry to sort it out we do it on their site so I've got teams of people um, at Whirlpool and at LEVC we are segregating you know bailing uh, and getting materials ready for sale rather than disposal and and what we're trying to do is create income from from waste for our customers.
1: Understood and uh, I imagine with the procurement team that it's quite price sensitive, but as you say, with LEVC and Whirlpool, the more enlightened manufacturers are looking at the, uh, the whole life cycle cost and benefit and, and looking at things more holistically.
2: Yeah, it, it's the it, and I, I you can't criticize uh, procurement teams, they're looking at buying, you know, getting things for the best possible price. Our strategy is one around we're trying to deliver the best possible value, and there's actually a conflict there. So if you're buying, you know, waste service, the, the, the lingua franca in our industry would be a lift rate for a bin, you know, every bin and container and skip has a separate price. Some have, you know, an, an added piece on transport. And if your offer is to say, well, you don't really want bins at all, what we're going to do is take the value out of those bins at your site and add value to it. How do you price it in a way that a procurement team can say, do you know what, this is the partner that we need. So, you know, it's very difficult on on, on procurement. So you do need that. You know, operating team, perhaps a, a CSR team within uh, your, your customer. Both LBC and uh, and Whirlpool were all over that.
1: No, good. Good to hear. And um, so, talking about the whole market, I mean, what changes or trends are you experiencing? Um, you know, in the UK at the moment.
2: So um, the ESG uh, sustainability agenda is driving. Um, know companies but you know they know what they want but they don't really know how to achieve it um so you know we're really trying to help um our uh customers and the people we're speaking to in terms of the 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 sales process to really to understand well what what could you do what does uh, what uh, does good look like Uh, and in many cases it's well what's your um you know your sustain your sustainability plan have you got a policy for uh, procurement to avoid buying materials that have no uh, recycling route. For example, um, are you looking at um, increasing uh, recycling? Have you got a, you know a, a plan to reduce you know waste in general? And you know is that you know they know what they want, they don't really know how to do it, and I, I guess that's where we come in.
1: No, understood. And um, and as you said at the beginning of the interview, you Axil specialize in the manufacturing sector, so why did you originally focus on this sector, and what advantages does that offer your
2: customer base so um we focus on manufacturers because if you're manufacturing the same stuff day in day out whether it's you know cheese or motor cars or engines the waste becomes very predictable so if you work line side with the customer you can segregate waste before it becomes mixed with other waste it becomes a cost so you know, good segregation is key to extracting, as, to extracting value. And ultimately, if you're producing the same stuff, the waste is very predictable as well. That allows me to run my business pretty lean. Um, it allows me to get a following for my waste because ultimately I then put materials into the market. And if my cardboard from LEVC, for example, is you know, clean, it's got low levels of tape uh, and labeling on it, um, I, get a, I get a premium on it, which we can share back with the customer.
0: Yeah, no, it, it's a really good point. It's a really good point. So it's a good for the environment and good for the pocket. So it's a uh, win-win. But if we look at the uh, UK waste management market, you know what what the opportunities and challenges over the next decade or so? Obviously, we're producing more and more waste, aren't we? Um, it,
2: the, the big opportunity is to try and build recyclability into waste um, or in, into products. So, you know, a great example would be uh, you buy a, a, a you know a well-known fizzy drink in a PET bottle uh, that fizzy drink is consumed and then it's either thrown into a bin or chucked into a hedge because there's no value in the individual, you know, in the PET container. There is if I've got tons of it, um, but if it's just commingled everywhere else, it's very difficult to, um, you know, to manage. So I think there's a responsibility on manufacturers in particular to either look at things like, you know, materials recovery schemes or, 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 you know, bottle deposit schemes, which are running in places like Finland and elsewhere in the world, where it goes back probably to the nineteen, you know, sixties and seventies, where you buy a bottle of Corona for forty p, and it was a ten p deposit on the bottle. The, the real thing is here: you've got to get value into the waste. Um, you know, most of this waste is sort of consumer, but from an industrial perspective, it's, it's exactly the same. You know, we want to try and recover cardboard at a customer site that has got low levels of uh, tape and labels on and we want to recover metals that are either ferrous or non-ferrous because that's where the premium is but that's where it takes a little bit of work
0: yeah no i can imagine but uh, hopefully hopefully we'll get there it's about education
2: as well so. uh, absolutely about education
0: yeah um and now if we look at excel's plans for the next
2: year and be- beyond what, what does it look like so um it, it's quite a boring answer to be honest uh, it's it's but business as usual we're, we're really sort of looking back at what happened over the last two years with with covid um we took a decision very early on that uh, as an essential um service provider our business would remain unchanged yes we operated in line with you know government guidelines but we kept our call centers open we kept our people on the road and all of our operating staff uh, operated throughout and that really gave us the confidence that you know what our customers wanted to keep manufacturing that means that they you know, they needed someone to deal with the waste and that's what we were able to do. And LEVC is a great example. You know, we, we um, started our partnership uh, with LEVC during the height of the COVID storm. You know, they were looking for a partner and there was no one else about. It just so happens that we were you know, very active and you know, we've got a great partnership with these guys now. So you know, our future is looking really rosy. We've had a fantastic year of uh, growth and that's likely to continue.
0: Fantastic! Well, congratulations on the growth. Keep it up, and yeah, thanks for joining us on the podcast, Ed. It's been a, it's been a, been education. Thank you.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: What an interesting interview, Stuart. You know, no, not something we've covered before.
1: No, Absolutely, and it's not something you, you actually think about much, is it? Um, but you know, as they have explained, their their service at um, Axel is absolutely vital. And um, but yeah, good good to learn about the uh, the sector and the industry and the challenges and opportunities within it.
0: Sure. And before before the interview, we we touched on some hydrogen themes and uh, continuing the hydrogen theme. Uh, River Simple considering a new manufacturing plant in Aberdeen, aren't they?
1: Yeah, the, the, their vehicle that's the most energy efficient car on the planet uh, and could be built in Aberdeen, creating more than 800 jobs. The designer of the Raza hydrogen fuel cell power car is running the rule over Aberdeen as a location to produce upwards of 5,000 cars a year. If the right incentives can be provided, including those available to companies investors via a green Freeport. So, you know, a couple of caveats there. Uh, um, and, River Simple, um, they are in active talks about um, building this plant, expected to be around about 150,000 square um, foot, um, And they describe Aberdeen as a leading hydrogen city. So, I hope that comes to, to, to um, fruition because we've not covered too many new manufacturing. Um, Investment stories in Scotland in recent months, so hopefully one for Scotland.
0: Yeah, and uh, RAVIAN—they're they're expanding as well here in the UK. Great news. Certainly
1: is the American-owned aerospace and defense giant. They've announced plans to open a new advanced laser integration center next year in Livingston. um This is building on multiple contracts and growing demand. The, the center will focus on testing, fielding, and maintenance of defensive high-energy laser weapons. The Virginia headquarter firm is already one of Britain's major employers, with more than 2,000
0: people working for the firm across its UK sites. Brilliant. And, uh, and to wrap it up, we've got three new factories in Hampshire, Durham, and Hull, respectively.
1: Yes, um, one of the most popular ones, British Stairlift and Lift Manufacturer, Stanneth. Um, not sure why it's so popular, but it certainly was. Uh, it's set to build a new 90,000 uh, square foot factory in Andover in Hampshire. And this is one of the largest single investments in the family-owned firm's 155-year history. A Timeside construction firm has been appointed to deliver a groundbreaking factory that will bring hundreds of high tech jobs to the region. Happen Castle Building Services has been chosen by chip manufacturer Pragmatic Semiconductor to build a new £68 million production facility at the former Waving Pipe Works site in County Durham. And finally, this week, Pensana is set to help break China's near monopoly on global magnet production, which, you know, used in Electric cars and wind turbines. After breaking ground on a new 150 million pound rare earth refinery at Saltend Chemicals Park near Hull, and this investment is expected to create more than 125 jobs.
0: Wow, fantastic, isn't it? Absolutely fantastic. Um, there's lots of news going around at the moment, which is positive. Unfortunately, as always, we don't get time to cover all of the news on this week's podcast. Uh, if you want to you know bring yourself up to speed, do follow us on 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 Twitter or well on social media in general. We're not we're not hard to find. Also, go to mtdmfg.com to find the latest news. We've got some breaking news coming up in the next couple of weeks about where you can find this news. But for now, go to mtdmfg.com. But Stuart, wonderful podcast. Thank you to you. Edward Pig, the MD of Axel Integrated Services, a big thank you to you. But well, as always, the biggest thank you goes to you guys at home for taking time to listen to the podcast. We'll see you next week. Manufacturing Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and a review. You can find us on Twitter using at MTDMFG and at Jefferson underscore MFG.